We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always, uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something, but these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of, uh, discomfort, uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a you know, she's has a high quality of life because of, uh, we take good care of her over here and these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC-free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these, Look at that. Uh, I love, you they can have these enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www. G-A-I-A provides P-R-O-V-I-D-E-S dot com. And and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you wanna you, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc you're listening to the world's smartest podcast network when i go to sacramento i will pump up sacramento sacramento Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America Roundtable. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. Oh, yeah. On the podcast today, we have 
Uh, Andrew Us. Heaton from the Political Orphanage. We have Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy from the Majoring in Everything podcast. And of course, the two of us, the world's four smartest podcasting brains <laughs> coming We're together. the brains. Cons- yes, assembling the brains to talk about all the issues in the world that matter. Uh, and that will <laughs> be happening in just a minute, Kaplan, but... We're going to keep announcing this. I don't know if we've said this yet on this show, so we're going to say it no. right now. Say it again. February 11th, 2022. We're doing a 2023. Uh, 20, Excuse me. The, the year of the duck. Get it right. <laughs> I'm still right. Ducking my checks. We're doing. Uh, the, the, we're screening our, our, our uh, television pilot. We went to El Salvador. Lost in America podcast. Went to El Salvador. We filmed the TV episode Lost in El Salvador where we learned all about Bitcoin, what it's like to live in a country where Bitcoin is your currency. Gabby Rivera's on the show. Uh, Andrea McLeod, Christian Magoo, and many others. Um, all, And then we do a stand-up comedy show with all these comedians at the end of the week in El Salvador. That We've turned that into a TV show. We will be screening it in, at Febru- it, on February 11th in Brooklyn, New York, for exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. So the word's already gone out to our current Patreon subscribers for $5. That's all it takes to get invited to this thing. Go to patreon.com slash lost in America, throw in five bucks and boom, we will send you an invite. It's a private theater. We can't tell you specifically where it is, except for that it's in downtown Brooklyn. We'll send you a passcode. No, we'll send, yeah, we'll send you the information. You got to be a Patreon to get that information. So not only will we send you the information, we're providing drinks, uh, yeah. <laughs> gonna make gonna money. A little this sh- there's gonna be a little schmoozing before and after. This you is get our to thank meet you us to all of our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, we already have. I think this thing's already halfway full, and we just sent it out less than 24 hours ago. So yeah. the theater's half full. You got to get in now. And if you're not in the New York City area, guess what? Good news. On February 16th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6, 6 p.m. Pacific, and all times in between and around. We are doing uh, a screening online. There'll be a private video link. I assume we'll do a YouTube link or something like that. And we will have guests from the show, uh, people, stars of the episode, and also maybe a director and a behind the scenes people coming on. We will do a screening for all of our Patreon subscribers who cannot make it to New York City. And then afterwards, we'll do a little chat with everybody, a question and answer. That's We're doing two of those. One is February 16th, 9 p.m. Eastern. The second one is March 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern. Again, the only way to get invited to that, to get that private link, is by going to uh, patreon.com slash lost in America. Kaplan, go ahead. I was going to say, it's the best deal now on, on the planet Earth, because not only do you get, uh, for $5 a month, you get all of the episodes of Live from the Bunker, hundreds, 300 episodes at this point, you get yes. to see this show exclusive before it hits the festival circuit, before it's on your on the TV, before it's anywhere. You see, you'll be able to tell people you saw it first. Uh, and, and thanks for bringing that up, questions. Kaplan. Yeah. We do have festivals interested in airing our show. We won't say which ones. Um, of course, can't festivals around the United States of America. We have TV networks interested in the show. There's a lot going on streaming platforms, so you're going to get to see it first uh, before anyone before anyone sees it. Before you're because Jan Kaplan, your mother will not have even seen it by that point. And you'll see the original before, you know, maybe the network takes a line out or something here or there. You'll see you'll see our vision at at, at the beginning. So this will be a special moment. If you've been a fan of this podcast for a long time, this is the time to come on out. Join the club. It is true. This is the best time. And it's the best time to support because we we should say this self-funded this episode. Listen, no. Here's the cold, hard truth of Hollywood. 
Nobody is giving me and Kaplan a TV show just based off of an idea. We're not walking into NBC studios and we're saying, not Nepo babies. Yeah. Uh, we're not just what? Yeah, we're not. What's that guy? Brian Williams, the guy who, who faked that he was in Al- Afghanistan yeah. or something. What did he do? Yeah, Crashed a helicopter. Yeah. His yeah, daughter, she gets to be on every TV show on the planet because her dad faked his death on NBC. <laughs> That's, That's not us. us. Jane Kaplan didn't fake her death on NBC. Gary Sparks no. did not fake his death on NBC. So we don't get anything. <laughs> so no one's giving us a show based off of an idea, based off our lineage, based off our heritage. No, we need to go out and work for it. So we self-funded this episode. Do you know who's done this? Always sunny in Philadelphia. That's the that's the model. No one would get the those best guys, show on TV before us. None of those guys yeah. were famous. Pre-Twitter, none of them had Twitter followers, Instagram, none of that. So they said, let's create the exact show we want, take that episode around, that pilot episode, and try and sell it. That's exactly what we're doing. We had the vision. We said, this is a good idea. We know all these comedians in every country around the world. Nobody else does. We also have the confidence to know we can put on a great stand-up comedy show in any, co- any country in the world. I'll write stand-up when I get there. I didn't even write till we started getting there. Kaplan and I sat in a room, threw around ideas. I, I set them on stage. They're, you're going to see them on the show. Plus, we follow the news. We're tracking the news worldwide. There's no other comedian doing that either. We're the only people who could successfully pull this show off. So we said, why don't we just do it? We'll do the entire episode. We'll cut it. We'll put it all together with Kings County Productions over there. Kings County Productions, yeah. Yeah. And then we'll we'll shop it around. So now we're at the shopping around stage, and we want you all to see it first. It's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. I've always wanted to be Charlie Day. From It's Always Sunny. So now I have something in common with them. So this is, uh, it's going to be great. I now want to own a, a Welsh soccer team. That's my next step. <laughs> you want to be? So the other guy, whatever Danny, his name is. I was going to say Frank, but he wasn't on the pilot episode. So Danny DeVito's character. But yeah. Oh, Rob uh, McElroy. Rob that McElhaney. Name? That's me. That's B- what McElhaney. I want. Big, big Philly fan. So I want to be him too. But yeah. That's so. my next step. Um, that's uh, all right. Let's get to the episode, Kaplan. I am currently should- coming to you, by the way, from Sydney, Australia. Kaplan's in Long Island City. Uh, New York. I'm on tour, everybody. Go to turnersparks.com to see all my tour dates. You can check me out. I'll be in, I'm in the next two weeks. I'm in Sydney. After that, I go to Carson City, Nevada, which is near Reno. And then I go to Las Vegas for a week on the uh, Las Vegas Strip at the Tropicana. I'll be there. I'm all over the place. So go to turnersparks.com or follow and follow me on Instagram at turnersparks. Follow Kaplan at Cap in America. Cap in NYC if you're trying to buy homes. If you're all your real estate needs here, especially in the in New York City area, but anywhere, I can help you anywhere. I'll give you advice. So hook me up, Cap in NYC. Also, Cap, we have big news. Didn't you say we went to number one in a certain country last week? We went to yeah last week's episode. It was great. We we took a few weeks off. We came back focused better than ever. Our episode on Brazil went to number one in Brazil on stand up comedy charts. So that's a new country to add to the shirts if we ever bring them back. Print the shirts. Number one in Brazil. <laughs> I'm at least adding it yeah. to my resume. That's one of our better ones, I feel like, to put on the put in the. Uh, That's a legit Brazil. country, not the other. It's countries. known as the Armenia of South America by many. So it is, yeah. They also so hate Azerbaijan. <laughs> they also, yeah. So uh, if you if a country storms their capital, we will do an episode and we will go to number one. So we root for stormings of capitals. That's our forward. guarantee to you. That's listeners. our guarantee to you, people. Storm your capital, and we'll do a pod <laughs> so, on you, and you'll go to we'll go to number one. So that's the payoff. <laughs> Cap- <laughs> All right. So this episode, let's get to the the episode. Yeah, we should just say in this episode, you were putting the finishing touches in the editing suites 
on the mm. TV show when we recorded this. So you're not in the beginning of this episode. It's just me trying to get a word in edgewise with the brains. And then you join oh. us halfway through. <laughs> so the first half, maybe the first 30 yeah. minutes or so, are, is you trying to speak while Andrew Heaton talks for 30 minutes. So if anybody exactly. wants, feel free to skip ahead a half an hour. When I, I get come a few in, good lines in. Yeah. I come in a half an hour in, and I, I, maybe it balances out a little at that point. Yeah. I come off the bench. And I'll, and, and I'll say my last point is we recorded this last week, so we're going to talk about George Santos. We're not going to bring up the whole drag queen storyline. So if you're wondering why we don't, we don't go there, it's not because we're super mature. Or anything like that. Yeah. We just it, we it hadn't that news hadn't broken yet. Who knows what else will break by the time this is released? But yeah, enjoy. It's a great episode. <laughs> All right, enjoy the episode. It has been a few months since we have assembled the world's smartest podcast network, and we are doing so today, albeit in a slightly different form than usual. I am Andrew Heaton, host of the Political Orphanage, and I am likewise joined by. Andrea Jones-Roy. They are the host of Majoring in Everything. And uh, our other two fearless co-hosts uh, are, are partially involved in this episode. <laughs> Turner Sparks, uh, ex uh, comedian extraordinaire, is hard at work at this very moment submitting a, uh, a, a really fun idea to some film festivals. He may be joining us later in the episode, but he's up. To, he's doing specific comedian stuff. We are joined by Mike Kaplan, but it's my understanding that Mike Kaplan is stricken with plague and has fought <laughs> his way to the computer to join us. But he's kind of like that leprous king figure in Braveheart. <laughs> So, so Andrea and I are probably going to carry the majority of it, whereas Kaplan will just kind of decompose in the background, but occasionally launch in to save us. Is that about right, Kaplan? That's about sums it up. I've got Gatorade. Uh, it's got electrolytes. I'm drinking it as we do this. So I think it's going to, as we, I'm going to get stronger as the episode goes. I think Gatorade's going to be the key. Okay. Uh, Turner is, as you said, he's, he's editing. He's put, he's watching the fin our, our last cut before we submit a project. We worked very hard on independent project mm -hmm. to some film festivals. Um, and I, can I mention uh, an offer for people who might want to see it? I think you can. Yeah. If you go to uh, for Lost in America, that's the where you host the Lost in America podcast. And if you go to patreon.com backslash Lost in America, you be can become one of our Patreons for $5 a month. And you, we do a show every week. We do episodes, bonus episodes. But who cares about all that? You get to see this project <laughs> we did. We went to El Salvador um, we uh, interviewed, we profiled three different comedians. We interviewed all sorts of government officials, basically the majority rip, whip of their government we interviewed, um, all on the subject of what it's like to make Bitcoin legal tender, because they are the only country in the world at the moment who's adopted Bitcoin as their currency, uh, legal currency. So um, we did an episode on that. And if you want to watch it online, if you become a Patreon, if you become one of our Patreon members, even for just one month, patreon.com slash lost in America, you can uh, you, you'll, we're going to have two different screenings next month for you. So K Kaplan, it sounds like for listeners of my show, The Political Orphanage, uh, two two dear comedians within the family did a travel show involving Bitcoin, which I think would be up the alley of a significant amount of people that listen to my show. Yes, I think that your your audience would definitely enjoy this. We interview uh, there's a guy named Max Kaiser we interview who I think your your audience will have a lot of fun watching and uh, he's a, he's he's the high priest of Bitcoin. He's a, he's an American guy who lives down there, so it's a lot of fun. It came out really well. At the end of the episode, we put on a stand up comedy show mm -hmm. with all the comedians you see in the episode as well, and Turner performs. So it's, nice. It's it's uh, we're well, really proud of it. It's great. I, well, I will check that out. It sounds great. 
Yeah, I keep wanting to just ask, like, so what's happening with Bitcoin in El Salvador? But I feel like maybe I should become a Patreon. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I> can't <laughs> tell you. Gotta watch. Freeloading yeah. Andrea. Yeah, God, just <laughs> cough it, up the five bucks. I guess I'll do it. But yeah, but so we're, we're uh, yeah. Cap, I'm picturing you as like a, a glitching hologram that will come in and out. Though you've already gained strength, even just talking about the, <laughs> just a, the Bitcoin shaman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll be okay. Uh, I'm, I know how to rally when the mics are on. So I am in fine health because <laughs> not only have I been doing a push up per week and sleeping mm. an adequate amount, eating celery and all the other things you need to do. I'm very excited to talk about today's topics. Uh, in fact, gleeful. Um, th these are two topics that are kind of like, what's that term in basketball when you like slam it down through the hoop and everybody's like, yeah, he really did that. Slam like dunk? A, a slam dunk. These are slam dunk topics. So we're going to be making fun of university snowflakeism. I don't know what term to use here or Orwellian right speak, but it, but executed in a really stupidly frivolous manner that I am just giddy to discuss. <laughs> and lest we appear to be um, one-sided in our attacks today, we are also going to be talking about the increasingly infamous and increasingly hilarious Representative George Santos, who is the, the uh, Confederate lying P.T. Barnum of Long Island that is now sitting within the United States House of Representatives. We're going to do some of his greatest hits and talk about what to do with him. So the, the first story that we're going to talk about is that the IT department or, or some subset of IT at, at the University of Stanford put out a extensive, hilarious list of, <laughs> of words which they determined are offensive and not to be used anymore. So uh, uh, to, to, to be very specific about this, this was there's a couple of like subcommittees within the IT department that represent uh, people of color in IT or something to that effect. And they compiled um, this particular document called, uh, let's see if I can find that, um, called the, excuse me, all right, there we are, called Stanford University Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. And that came out in December. That's when I became aware of it. There is a oh. we'll, we'll talk about it in, in great detail. There is an update on this that we can do once we've once we've exhausted ourselves. But <laughs> in effect, this is an, an initiative at Stanford to eliminate quote unquote harmful language. And I literally thought that Governor DeSantis snuck into Stanford and wrote this to recruit Republicans because by the end of it, <laughs> I was like. For the right, the second I set foot on Stanford campus, I will be a Republican while on the campus. I, I'm not anywhere else in the world, but from now on, if ever I am at Stanford, because it was so over the top. Do, do you recall any of the words, Andrea, ones that, I, that stood out to you? I recall many of them, and I want to say that I also think I became a Republican, and your <laughs> listeners know that I'm uh, to the left, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm not... Not anymore, I guess, if this is what the left looks like. I've never been more sympathetic to everyone to the right of me when I read this list. So the, <laughs> the two that stand out to me were, of course, the whole conversation about can we call ourselves Americans because there are other countries in the Americas and we need to think about that. So there's that one, which I think we can talk about at length. But the I mean, one that canceled really my, stood our out podcast, to me, by the way, lost in America. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah you're lost in the United States. Or you really have to expand the remit of your show. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're going to El Salvador, I guess it counts. But uh, there you go. 
the one that really stood out to me in a very much a Streisand effect sort of way in that now that I, I didn't even know it was a phrase and now I can't stop thinking it and I'm going to use it all the time is circle the wagons. Do you remember yeah. this from the yeah, list? Yeah, of course. I'm I've from never Oklahoma. said circle. <laughs> oh, of course. All right. So, well, I am not from Oklahoma. And so I have never said circle the wagons in my life. I know what it means. It means like gather around and, and yeah. work on something. I so think. why is it a problem? And, circle the wagons. I don't even know. Well, it's a problem because it's apparently a Native American term. And is it though? I don't know. Are, are, are people well, so, so, <laughs> saying so this? this so, are wagons offended? Yeah, I, ha- having read, I read through the whole of this document, and I, I again, it was I was gleeful because it's yeah. so stupid <laughs> that I, I enjoyed it. But I read the whole document this morning, yeah. And uh, the ethos of the Stanford uh, harm, elimination of harmful language initiative is, from what I can tell, eliminate any word that has ever offended anyone in any context, regardless of use, context, intent, or origin, or any word that could potentially uh, offend anyone, regardless of use, intent, context, or origin. So it's, it's all on the receiving end of this. Theoretically, if you can picture a person that ought to be offended by this thing, get rid of it. Right. And so uh, there's there's lots of words like that. There are some words we can talk about that I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with not yeah. using that word anymore. There's about. Should we say them all first? Eight, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll add to this that for for uh, for listeners that are um, maybe new to my show or or uh, unfamiliar with Andrea or, or whoever, Andrea and I and Ron Hayden did a a whole program about six months ago on when and how to update language that I I, I feel would dovetail with this, and I'll I'll mm. put it in the episode show notes. Um, I am not offended by circle the wagons. Um, I could kind of understand why somebody would do it, but here, here's part of the problem too. If you take a word that is on the edge where you're like, I doesn't strike me as offensive, but explain your reasoning to me, but you add a bunch of really stupid words to it, yeah. then I go, ah, you're a moron. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to do any of this. So, so like some of the other words that accompany that circle the wagons one, which I. Circle the wagons, the origin of that is that when settlers were moving west and they were attacked by Indian raiding parties, they would put the – and by the way, I'm from Oklahoma and all of my Native American friends say Indian, which is why I use that word, just like the Bureau Mm. of Indian Affairs. Look at you. Uh, Even as I said Native American, I was like, is that what I ought to be saying? Should I check the list? Yeah. Is that allowed in Native Uh, American? They would – the, the, the settlers would, would circle the wagon to create a, a easily defensible unit against raids. That's it. Mm. And and the idea is, well, because the white guys were the bad guys and, and it implies that, that the Native Americans were savages, therefore oh. it is offensive. Well, see, I already is got that, it wrong because I said that it, was, um, that it was a Native American term, which doesn't make any sense because it was the white people who had the wagons. It was so. just it's, so it's here's, offensive here's how little because, I know. Right. It's just offensive because it was used by the white people – and they were the bad. They were the bad guys in this story. Is that the? Uh, like, but the, the, the that's the reason. I, I'm like confused. I I think that's right. That that one didn't yeah. stand out to me. Like the one at the top of my list of what one of the words that Stanford's IT department decided was offensive was the word brave. Oh, you know, you know, you know like when yeah, I don't know somebody somebody says brave was last year. She, like she's so brave. You know that was it was like a but brave according to the guide, is harmful for perpetuating the stereotype of the noble, courageous savage. So brave could mean Indian brave, therefore don't use it. Even uh, as an adjective, or is it just as a noun we can't use it? Uh, I, My suspicion yeah, like, is 
Could anyone be, be offended by it? Yeah. Yes. Be, there, there's there's zero surgical uh, strategic right. uh, element in this this document. It's just it's whatever it is. In some of the instances, they they do make a distinction between noun and verb. Uh, for example, uh, the word grandfather. Uh, grandfather oh, right. is also a harmful word according to this this document. However, um, they do specify as a verb. So if you say we're going to grandfather him in. Because right. it could allude mm. to grandfather clause in southern states denying voting rights. Um, some of the other big ones, <laughs> oh I, uh, the word seminal, we shouldn't use anymore because it, it the the root origin is semen. Therefore, it implies uh, male dominance. So seminal it can't is? be used anymore. I didn't um, even know that was the root of seminal. Yeah, it really yes. does feel like this is some kind of joke. It honestly, d- it does. I re- I read I, this. It was I hope like we're being pranked. Did, I really did do. The, did the Babylon Bee hack into Stanford's IT department? Because and why this... is it coming from IT? The whole thing come from because I don't these know, colleges have they cultural all get studies paid. or something. Right, like the Office of Multicultural Advancement or Diversity. One of those. It's not from one right. of those departments. Right. Yeah. So weird. Uh, no, yeah, it I was, thought it when was, you said was, brave that you. Sorry, I thought you were saying it was like maybe cowards were offended or something. Like I don't even know. Like I feel like each one of these, I wouldn't be able to get why I'd be offended. Like none of them. Seminal. How, how about this? I'm going to give you some of them, yeah. and you can tell me why you think it's offensive. This could be a Let's fun game that we're going to do. I like do. it. All right. Um, okay, Andrea, your word is cakewalk. Why, according to Stanford, <laughs> is the word cakewalk offensive? Oh, I even read the whole document and I can't remember I think why I know. I it's think offensive. I know. Okay, what, what, I why do you think it is, Cap? Because walking is, the idea of walking is offensive to people who don't have legs, right? Abiast, is that the word? Interesting. Okay, Andrew. Oh, I was going to go more down the, some kind of derogatory. This is just going to reveal Cap and Mai's own biases, <laughs> like where we think it might be prevalent. I think it's something that's like making fun of how people walk in the LGBTQ plus community. Interesting. Oh. Okay. Um, What's the final uh, answer? The Great. answer, according to Stanford, is... Enslaved people covertly used exaggerated dance to mock their enslavers. This turned into balls where the white enslavers would hold for entertainment uh, a a ball and the prize was a cake. So I don't even fully – I'm reading that. This? I'm just I, I copied and pasted that and I don't, I don't know what it means. I, I don't fully – by the way, you can't use the word slave. Right. Uh, uh, and, and, and that's partly because – so what this is an IT slavery? department. Uh, right. Well, so so two things. Um, at first, I was like, okay, I kind of like I, I, I'm trying to give the, the slightest benefit of the doubt here. It is IT. Right. And when you come to computer parts, like a, a hard drive can be slaved to a master. That's a term yeah. that's been around for a while, right? And they're like, well, that could, you know, that, that could be offensive. Like, uh, okay. But the term slave labor is also yeah. not okay. Like, like when you're actually talking about slavery, you can't say slave labor. And I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but you're supposed to say, instead of slave labor, unfair work practices. So, oh, oh I didn't even know that. If, I knew it was my Jewish holiday Passover were... has just been canceled. I got to <laughs> right. go through the whole Haggadah or, or and if, change all that. If we're talking about the antebellum South, you wouldn't say um, the South relied on slave labor. You would say it relied on unfair work practices because the word slavery, slavery is offensive. Totally. What did you say, Cameron? That doesn't. Doesn't that diminish slavery, though? Like, if I was teaching someone who never heard of slavery, and I said unfair work practices, just picturing, like, oh, they don't give me a, they didn't give them lunch breaks or something, or they didn't live in a it, sick well, days. It's, like it's literally, it, it's, it's saying yeah, no that overtime. The, the concept yeah, is no offensive. <laughs> we, we can't talk about, the, the concept is offensive, so we're going to rename it. It's like, right, but 
the word's different than the – like slavery is offensive as an institution. Right. I agree. Slavery is awful. But, right, but it's happened. Altering the label does nothing to change the institution, it, it, particularly when we're talking retrospectively about like Mike Kaplan's ancestors building the pyramids or something. Like, it, like it, it's, it's, it's like, beyond it, but weird to if me. If anything, I that's even further than I realized because I had heard the, the version where you say – maybe it's a halfway step towards this – where you say people who were enslaved as opposed to slaves as the identity. And you're supposed to say that with homeless people hmm. – uh, un- People who are unhoused or something like that. Right. You know what? And, so, but I, you're, this version is even worse because you're right. You're not even acknowledging the term. And this is where, and I think we've talked about this before, you know, the left and right kind of come full circle. And it's like on the right, when you talk about the Civil War, I'm oversimplifying. It's, you know, states' rights and slaves didn't have it that bad and blah, blah, blah. And now on the left, you're like, yeah, well, you can't talk about slaves. So it's like, oh, we agree. Right. You know, and we can't talk about the Holocaust <laughs> because it's too harmful to talk about. Like that's... Right. Exactly the Holocaust-denying crap that people on the left are supposed to be against. Uh, very much so. And I, and I uh, to, to Cap's earlier point about like like combining the two, unfair labor practices yeah. is like I I'm supposed to have vacation, but I, I can't have it. Or you know, there's there's I, I yeah. should be paid a minimum of thirty thousand dollars. only give it. That's not the same thing as slavery. I'm right. not saying it's good, but to say one is the other demeans the first. If you're saying that unfair yeah. labor practice, like slavery is just a subset of unfair labor practices. I, I'm like, well, that kind of elevates slavery to not as bad as I thought it previously was, because I wouldn't put that in the same category as he he didn't get sufficient paternity leave or something, something like that. Like these are different. Yeah. Along those lines, not even as severe, because I think you know, slavery is such a, a wound <laughs> that mm-hmm. we've all been a part of and, and, and lingers on today. But I think a, a version of this is during the height of Me Too, we started calling everything uh, sexual misconduct. And it was like yes. Bill Cosby was sexual misconduct and Aziz yes, Ansari making out grossly with a woman was sexual misconduct. And you're like, this right, it was the same exact thing. Harvey Weinstein <laughs> and some guy who like hit on yeah. someone who worked for him a little bit inappropriately or something. Who <laughs> like, said, yeah. yeah. Guy, who, guy had, who made like, a joke and serial rapist are all in the same yeah, category. Exactly. exactly. The same thing. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. we're not, you know, and I, I even had some conversations with people. I wrote a little article about it at the time, but I had some conversations with Shut some up. lawyers about this where they said, well, you know, it all is sexual misconduct in the eyes of the law. And some people uh, that I spoke with argued that you can't actually rank the severity because it could be that someone gets raped and it's not that bad for them. It's bad, but it's not like what? derailing of their whole lives. Whereas someone's, you know, let's I'm making the, uh, a, a guess here, but like a woman's comedy career is entirely derailed because Louis C.K. jerked off in front of them Mm. and it's like while rape is worse than having someone jerk off in front of you this is such a fun conversation uh maybe it affected the people differently and so the defense for using the same language was that you wanted to be mindful of the fact that like yes harshness matters but there's also like how the recipient experiences it and i was such a weird way of looking at things that would change all of law like every crime, yeah. if it's based yeah, like on they how murdered the that person, reacted. but it was kind of a bad person. So yeah, that, or that person know. actually kind of was suicidal anyway. So let's not count it as murder. They were gonna yeah. kill you. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, we did them a favor. Anyway, it's it's all very gross, and it, it does whitewash. And I use that word deliberately, and I probably shouldn't. Thanks, you would I absolutely <laughs> not be allowed <laughs> to use that word. List. It is literally on the list, Andrea. It is on, on the list. list. <laughs> on the list. I honestly as think is, we as is do the an term, episode. As is the term white paper, because it implies that papers can be ranked according to whiteness or other colors. Do we have black really? papers? Uh, no, but there is blackballed. Blackballed is um, no longer appropriate. 
Well, I did right. a, a project with a, a major fintech company a few years ago, right in the summer 2020, when everyone was freaking out about DEI. So they hired me, a white person, to come in and help a company figure out what to do. And I did a bunch of long interviews uh, and surveys with with black employees and other non-white employees. And many of the, they were like, what would... Be, what does this company need to do to, to resolve the racial inequities at this organization? And many people said, you all are freaking out about this like master and slave language because it was a tech company. So there's a lot of like computer engineering going on. You're freaking out about this master and slave language. And there's another uh, set of words called whitelisting and blacklisting where you whitelist or blacklist a certain set of emails that can get through your security uh, uh, screenings or whatever. And they're like, we don't care about any of that. Stop it. Just don't be like mean to us at the yeah. workplace and like treat me, you know, with the same amount of respect and assume competence just like you would if it was a white person. They're like, we don't give a shit about blackballing and 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 blacklisting and masters. Like, stop it. This and, makes uh, total sense to me and also corroborates with all of the black people I'm friends with. Yeah. Uh, like it like th- this is one of the other things that, in reading this document was again there there are words that are offensive that we should phase out or quit using. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that you cannot be offensive or, and yeah. and we we should apply some amount of effort to not offend people. We did a whole program on this Andrea and Ron and I. So like on the list, we can talk about this in a minute. Um not using the word Jude uh mm. or or she male or tranny. Those all make sense to me. Th- yeah. That makes sense to me because they're 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 meant to be offensive. The offense is built into them. But when you get into words like blackballed, whitewash, things like that, I'm like I I'm like all of my black friends have much stronger backbones than yeah. than this kind. Like they wouldn't just wilt. Like can yeah. I give you guys yeah. another? Here's another example. Bring it. Try to figure out why is this no longer acceptable <laughs> within the Harvard IT department. Hip hip. Hooray! No. Stop. Why is hip hip hooray a phrase we all use all the time? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> why, why is hip hip hooray inappropriate? Is it because it's so so lame to say it? Is that the reason? <laughs> it's a um, hip hip. No, well, hold on, wait, wait, Kaplan. Ka- Ka- I hips? must point out a, a, a point of order yeah. here. You use the word lame, which is also inappropriate according oh, to the Stanford God. Harmful Language oh, Initiative. That right. one I actually knew. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is it for people uh, who it don't is not have because hips it's uncool. Uh, it's because 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 uh, of hips like body parts. Okay, uh, Andrea, yeah, what's your had theory? A hip, on- hip per- replacement theory or hip replacement My surgery? My guess is, no. is it was something we we stole from. God, mm. I'm just gonna keep sounding racist. I think game. we stole it from Chinese people. Okay, when we jammed them into Chinatowns, uh, and then we Chinatown started using still? it in in parades. So, 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 okay, we've got uh, like kind of an ableist body part perspective coming from Kaplan, and we've got cultural appropriation coming <laughs> from right. Andrea. Um, the correct answer is <laughs> a variation of hip, hip, hooray was used by Germans as a rallying cry during the Holocaust, Uh-oh. although the phrase did not originate there and originated prior to the Holocaust. So I mean, to be clear on this, they used cars during offended. the Holocaust too. Hip, so. wait, hip, hip hooray predates the Holocaust. A variation of it, not hip hip hooray, but something similar was used by Germans during the like. Therefore, this should be stricken. Which, like, Kaplan, you're Jewish. Had you ever heard this? <laughs> this I've never ever heard that. ever like had your rabbi ever Did- mentioned that anybody that says this is an anti semite? I believe they used to say that when the Jews were sent to the showers, we were they were everyone was chanting hip hip hooray. That was what we, yeah, that's, <laughs> we never learned. It's, that it's ever. a well established holiday. Every time uh, well established you hear fact someone... that there was like two lines and one said hip hip hooray. No, I, I you can have one question though, since you brought up the German, one word that's always I've always actually wondering why it's never been canceled. 
because my son took a chess class recently and I saw it was used in chess was the word Blitzkrieg. And now hmm, isn't huh? that actually like shouldn't that be canceled? Isn't that the German <laughs> like it was it was the, the wasn't that the the German warfare? Like Hitler's so, the, the so German put Blitzkrieg. Putting on my Stanford hat, a phrase I am now gonna use relentlessly. <laughs> putting on my Stanford hat, um Blitzkrieg would be somewhat racially agnostic since the Germans were bombing English people uh, rather than specifically doing the Holocaust. However, it would be offensive uh, because it is using violent language, which could be triggering. So, for example, one of the other things that's in this particular list is pull the trigger. You can't say pull the trigger because that's violent language. Um, uh, Nor could you say bury the hatchet, although that would be uh, be because bury the hatchet uh, is a cultural appropriative phrase that implies that, uh, or no, it's not cultural appropriation. It's it not violent. You're burying Native the hatchet. Americans are, huh? Uh, it's not violent though. You're burying the hatchet. You're literally right, being but you're implying that Native <laughs> Americans are a violent hatchet wielding people by oh. by using that phrase. So, uh, yeah, th- my, those are there. This is, so my let's favorite you're right part of this, when you, yeah, God. I was gonna say my favorite part of this a is that now I'm gonna have bury the hatchet in my head in addition to circle the wagons. Those ones have really <laughs> burned into my brain for some reason. So I'm gonna be saying that forever now. Uh, but my other part of this, and Heaton, you you kind of got to this when you said where how they thought of this list, which is they thought who might be offended, how, and in the most abstract way. And it really does seem like no one, especially you know, Cap not knowing hip hip hooray, they didn't ask the people who would be offended by these things. Like if they presented a survey and said, we've asked these particular marginalized groups what words they would love to hear people not say anymore, then I would maybe listen. But I don't see no. any of that happening. As you, a you know Jew, we just don't like to hear kike and we don't like to hear, uh, you, we don't like to hear um, like Jew you over or any of that. But like, my, yeah, right. we just, but we don't like anything Kanye West has said, we don't like to hear. <laughs> things, <laughs> things which are overtly and consciously offensive tend yes. to be offensive and understandably right. like, so. I'm sure if you asked a homeless person if they were offended, they they want to be. They would say their biggest priority is not being known as what's the word they're supposed to be known as unhoused. Yeah. I'm sure they'd say I'd actually just like some money or some food or or a place to live. I don't care what you call me at the moment, <laughs> but on, there, yeah, yeah, there's so, there's also uh, Andrea alluded to this earlier. There's this bizarre attempt to um, never have anything be uh, like short or a noun or anything like. So you can't say senile. You can say person suffering from senility, because if you say that guy is senile, uh, you're implying that that is the totality of his human experience, whereas a person suffering from senility implies that it's a subset of his human experience. It's the same with obesity. You're not supposed to say obesity anymore. Did you see that uh, Oh, yeah. There's there's several several things like that. What do I have to say instead of that? Um, Because it's implying (laughs) – I didn't I probably can't say anything. You probably can't I didn't even write talk that down. I, I do know that you can't say blind study as right. in a scientific blind study. Mm. Uh, you should say masked study because it could be oh. offensive to blind that people. That sounds like we're just like masked singer. You're like, and reveal right. the treatment. Or ah. uh, defending anti maskers. No. You can't say basket case right. because that would offend people that are suffering from uh, any type of anxiety. You have to say nervous. Mm-hmm. You can't right, say or crazy or insane because that stigmatizes mental health. So instead of saying that's crazy, you would say that is surprising or that is wild. <laughs> wild is still okay. For like now. I've actually book. heard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I was just saying, imagine if you just went through like a great piece of literature or something and just changed all these words. Like how a sentence changes if you say insane to surprising. <laughs> just like, right. It like actually does. You know, it's like catch 22 going through and, and deleting all the now or the adjectives. I, I have started saying, I had started saying wild because I, I was aware of the crazy and insane language and I don't care. And I have all the mental illnesses. So please say crazy. It doesn't bother me in the slightest, just for the record to speak on behalf of that entire group. Uh, but when I was teaching, I have to be very careful about language because as you can see, people are getting fired all the time. So, so that's where I'm like most uh, mindful of it. But also when I do consulting with companies and I tend to do people analytics work and DEI, so I have to sort of modify my language. And so I actually dropped crazy and insane a few years ago. I'm ahead of the curve. Thank you so much. And I started wow. saying wild instead. And I actually am hearing murmurs. The IT department at Stanford needs to step it up. I have heard that wild is actually not amazing either. Or maybe I'm just projecting and I'm paranoid now because it's talking about, you know, the, the idea that something that's like uncivilized might be bad or, or some like wild animal is somehow worse than, than the human society that we live in. And so... Uh, I won't do it, but there's another key word that I don't know if it's on the list, but I notice among my left-leaning friends where they will say, that is bananas. And if someone around you says that is bananas, that means they are so far to the left, you probably uh, need to brace yourself for more. So that's like, really? a, uh, I was going to say that's a trigger a word. Tip a, off? Uh, a tip off is if you hear bananas. I cannot bring myself to say it. I will not say it, but that's mm. the word. Uh, I so I, I think part of the phenomena that's going on here is that there is an attempt to the, the the attempt is to eliminate intention by eliminating word choice and and mm -hmm. they're separate things they don't work so there's uh, a good bit by Doug Stanhope I'm I'm not going to make it funny but I'm going to take the logical bits of it Doug Stanhope talks about the word retarded we, we we're yeah. not supposed to say the word retarded anymore but retarded was never originally an offensive word. When the, when the term retarded was originated by doctors, it mm. was done so as a kindness to people with Down syndrome. Because previously, if you go back to like 1850 or whenever the word came into to medical jargon, they were literally called imbeciles. If you had Down syndrome, the, the pe people called you an imbecile. And so some doctors rightly when, you know, what if instead of like stigmatizing these people, we, we said that they're slower. We're going to borrow yeah. this this musical term of retard or retardo, and we're going to say they're retarded. They're just slower, right? But the problem is people then make fun of other people by using that word. So mm -hmm. uh, Kaplan does, theoretically, Kaplan does something ridiculous, or I do something ridiculous, and Andrea calls us retarded. Yeah, as um, I do. Yeah. As you, as you I'm so texting you constantly. It's, it's, your, it's your catchphrase. It's, your, it's absolutely... <laughs> The, the the Andrea Jones Roy action figure has a little uh, string you pull and it says retarded. Um, so the, the, the problem is like if anyone retarded. wants to make that, I will uh, I will buy several. Okay, I, I will absolutely buy such a thing. But the the, the 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 problem with the system is that whenever you ban that word, people are still going. To, they're just going to apply whatever you call. Yeah. What, what, so if if we now change it, you don't say retarded, you say Down. Well, now you're going to say, man, you have Down syndrome or something like that. Um, regardless of whether this is offensive or not, trying to mitigate the intent by changing the word choice just isn't going to work. Uh, and, and so a lot of what's happening here is people going, I don't ever want you to make fun of me for wacky behavior. Therefore, you can't say crazy. You have to say wild. Okay. Five minutes later, I'm going to go, wow, you're wild. And they're going to go, well, that makes me feel bad too. You can't say wild anymore either. And it's like, right, what you're trying to say is I'm not allowed to criticize you rightly or wrongly. But you, there's no, there's no end to this. People are going to find playing, ways to criticize you. 
Yeah, we're playing whack-a-mole with words when you're right. The underlying issue of treating people with various developmental challenges, I don't even know what words to use anymore, or various identity backgrounds or whatever, is we should treat everyone the same, but we don't know how to change that. And so we just keep sliding around, you know, with the words and coming up with new ones. So what words should we use yes. when our friend's being retarded? What do we call it? What do we, what do we need to come up with a good word that's safe that won't get canceled. You're well. I so have two, a lot of people in my life be. who still say it. I don't say it regularly. But I know a lot of people who say it, and I'm always like, <laughs> oh, because oh, I'm it. in like I've worked in a world where like people are more PC, so I've like trained myself. But they hey, people who live in Queens, they still say it. Like for instance, in New York, um, so like I, you know, what, what, what my, one of my one of my dear friends. Are, <laughs> I mean, you you could just say being an idiot, right? Uh, but but here here's where Doesn't the I don't good. tend to say it. one of, one of my dear friends. Her brother has Down syndrome, and she once told me, you know, I, I get offended when people say that, and I went, okay, I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings, um, so I, I don't tend to say that word myself. However. Um, I have noticed that all of my friend groups, the common denominator is none of them freak the fuck out if someone says the word retarded. Like, like if you if you were to ask them what are their politics, it's actually quite different. But it's like, do they flip out if they hear that word? And the answer is no. So yeah. I do think it's actually kind of useful as like a like flip the lights on and off to see if people get scared. Right. Uh, and, then, and then if they yeah. don't, you go, oh, okay, all right. I, I, I just wanted to see where everybody was. You're in the safe zone. So first test the waters. If they say bananas, you know you can't even touch it. And then you say, well, we might have a lot in common. And then drop drop the R word in a group text and see how it goes. <laughs> so, see, now I'm now I'm backing off it. But uh, I'm not offended when you say it. I do not uh, normally say it. But uh, maybe right. And, 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 and as, as noted both in, in this and our prior program on this, um, there are words that are offensive that you yes. just shouldn't say in polite society. There are very good reasons you should not be when you get mad at, at a – yeah. yeah, like 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 the N word. Like I'm going to yeah. say, there are the contexts where you could. I mean, we used to say that, you know, growing up yeah, you, in Pennsylvania. You, yeah, the, the, and, and, and I'll say like there are contexts where you could say it if you're using it clinically, where you're in mm-hmm. a, you know, like you're you're in effect in a courtroom. Even if you're in personal conversation, he said this, and you're quoting directly. I don't think words are magic. They don't have magical properties. They're not profane and or sacred. They're just sounds you use to communicate information. Intent and context are very important. That said, there are words that are offensive. You need to be careful with them. Um, but this is so, so over the top right. that it also negates whatever they were trying to do because it immediately makes me want to say the word retarded after having right, exactly. read this thing. I'm like, I don't I don't know about all these words. I do know I don't want to go to any of your birthday parties. You seem like I've, the worst people in the world. You're not fun to hang out with. I don't want to hang out with you. Whatever team you're on, I don't want to be on that team. So yes. I don't care. I've never said, I don't think I've said the word retarded out loud for decades until this podcast. And now I've said it wow. 25 times and I'm going to, I'm already fan- imagining getting canceled for my like halfway jokes about starting to say it more. But I, I totally agree. It's the, the, the piece about this list that makes me most frustrated. I think I'm like more angry than, than giddy because I, I'm like sort of on this team to an extent is that there are some words in there that I, I, I don't think we should say retarded, right? Sure. Even though my action figure will say it. Sure. But the fact that they've <laughs> packed it with 99 other words that yes. I think are complete nonsense is undermining the entire exercise and it's turning it into a we have to ban all words or we have to ban no words. Well and meant, that yeah. actually throws my whole model of the world into chaos because I have always thought like, okay, I'm left of center. I have friends of mine who are left of me. On average, they drive me nuts, crazy, insane, right? They, they drive, they drive me uh, out of my mind. But I appreciate that they're there because I think they do tend to nudge all of us generally in the right direction, though most of their recommendations don't catch on. But we do eventually get rid of the N word and F word and R word or whatever word that I'm refusing to say. 
This list challenges that entire thing because I think they've pushed so far to the left that it just cuts off the conversation from anything sensible. And we actually are probably going to go backwards. I, I, I think I'm going backwards. They also, I'm saying retard left and right. <laughs> do you know this list says you shouldn't say the word abort? Which is that's, right. that sounds right wing. You're against because <laughs> it's you, you can't say abort. Uh, yeah. th- there's other ones that just rule of thumb. Uh, <laughs> and and so rule of thumb, you can't say um I, I literally am going to quote this directly. Okay. Although no written record exists today, the phrase is attributed to a law that allowed men to beat their wives with sticks no wider than their thumb. Now, there's no evidence for this. There's no actual historical evidence for this. It's from the movie Boondock Saints, where a, a lady got mad at a guy for saying rule of thumb, and that is the explanation that she posits. It's not actually rooted in history. So what you're saying is someone that watched Boondock Saints – <laughs> might have an inaccurate historical understanding of the origins of that phrase and subsequently be offended by it. Um, to, to, to your point, Andrea, I, I'm with you completely. What, whatever the goal is here, it's counterproductive. And I, I, the, the way I'm approaching this is uh, I, I'm very much a systemic thinker, I think in terms of systems, and I think in terms of rules, and rules need to be universally applied. The, the system that they're coming up with is um, – don't ever say anything which could mm-hmm. theoretically be offensive, even if it's ridiculously, stupidly bullshit underlying reasons, right? That's a very bad system. Like, like here's an example of a word that I don't use that is used very commonly um, that probably a lot of the folks that listen to our shows, I don't use the word Karen. The reason I don't yeah, use the word I Karen is I don't make fun of people for things they have no control over. So if you were a white woman, you can't control that. Or if you're an older white woman, you have no control over those two things. I'm never going to make fun of you for something that you can't control. I might if it's – again, if it's if we're in our That's own the friend best group and we're making fun of show. each other. It's a Karen but, but, joke. You know, but <laughs> – uh, but but I but I, I'm just but but that's I, I at least I have a system there right like I'm I'm a saying like rules. yeah there's a set of rules governing my language as opposed to me just going literally anyone in the world has veto power over every single word in the in the world that I use and I'm also going to enforce that on everybody else right. that's crazy and it's not even real veto power it's imagined veto power it's not that someone came to me and said you can't use rule of thumb it's that I saw it in a movie and thought other people who saw it in a movie might also think it's offensive. It's like, we're not even, we're not even talking to real people. We're talking to imagined people yeah. about all of this. I almost want to not to, cause I was thinking about this ahead of our roundtable. I was like, I don't know how to not end up in the slippery slope fallacy with this, mm. but I, I kind of want to see if we can come up with our own words that we should ban and add to the list. So for example, uh, I would like to ban the word gaslighting. Uh, I think it's overused, but I also I think don't it understand what it means still. Right. Uh, it also might be offensive to anyone who has died from a gas fire. So oh, bye. Right. See ya. Yes. Out. Which, which is actually pertinent to the current news cycle because uh, last week That's there right. was a report that came out that gas stoves might cause asthma. Incidentally, I looked into this. The report was literally sponsored by a green energy group trying to retrofit American houses with yes. just uh, renewable electricity and China. The the document the, the science behind it was abysmal. It was not I'm sure the in effect any way correct. I, saw, I think AOC quoted that, so I thought it was fact. But well, it, it might it might well because then it turned because then the Republicans freaked out and then it became a culture war issue. It became, yeah. a, so it the, became thing, the funniest culture war issue I think in years. I, I feel yeah, like this it, was just comical on both sides. But but I will per, say. Per, but theoretically, oh. someone could be offended by that. 
I will say that I am, uh, as I can't stop talking about how left-leaning I am, but I, I will admit my sheepoldness because I actually mm. used my stove and I have a gas stove it's right here. Uh, yeah. The other day, <laughs> I made video, some kind yeah. of terrible <laughs> stir. It was horrible. Uh, anyway, because of all this uproar, and I realize it's all very stupid, I was like, I'll turn on the vents and open the window because the gas is dangerous, even though I've been cooking for 40 years. Anyway, well, not 40, but it's I, it yeah, got to me, right? It got to me. That's... that's uh, that's you the can't make part. good eggs in an electric skillet. I'll say that. So you, I, I gas all the way. Uh, it's, it's funny that you you mentioned banning words. I, I did a cursory amount of research on here because I think a, a relevant question that we can ask ourselves is with Stanford's forbidden word, word list of, of offensive, uh, 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 profane language, is this a, a comedic fluke or is this emblematic? I, uh, I am increasingly of the opinion that this is emblematic of a vocal but powerful minority within the overall university system. So it's not just that we're picking an anecdote. It's that we're picking an example of something that's a wider phenomenon. I'm increasingly of, of that mindset. That said, um, I, I did a, a cursory amount of research for this uh, just to see if this, is, if this is proliferating elsewhere. The answer is yes. Um, uh, USC, a different uh, university in California uh, is is had something, and I don't know if this was their IT department or whether it was some other department. But they don't use the word field anymore uh, because field. field oh, yes. Uh, actually, I think Kaplan didn't you find this? Wasn't this yours? I did. I think because it's it's uh, offensive to both uh, to to basically African Americans or to and to immigrants. It said because people who had to work the fields. Anybody so anybody who's field. worked a field. They're therefore saying yeah, yeah. my field is comedy or my field is political science would be offensive, right? So it is happening elsewhere. Right. But to, to the gaslighting example, it's the it's the Lake Superior State College in Michigan or something like that. They have what it first struck me as Orwellian craziness because uh, they literally have a banned list of 100 words every year. But then I, I looked into it and because uh, I wanted to do my due diligence and it was like uh, – a comedic words that are banished hereby by our, mm. our body because they are stupid words or they're useless or they're overused. And one of them was gaslighting for that exact reason. Mm. They were like, this is, this is overused now. So it's more like um, kind of the opposite of Webster's word of the year of like, these are that. overwrought words that we, we are making fun of. And I was like, well, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll go ahead and, and tie a bow on this one and then move right. on to wailing on George Santos. Um, uh, the University of Stanford was quick when this came out in December to applaud the intentions behind the list, but at the same time to uh, note that it was only the IT department. It didn't speak for Stanford as a whole. And after people like us have wailed on it for several weeks now, Stanford has yanked it entirely from the website uh, and so, so we won. I don't know if we, we want to call this a, a victory. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's yeah. <laughs> we did it. Uh, the, We're the saving America. The phenomenon goes on, but the the, the battle point uh, uh, this time has is lent towards sanity, which I assume would have been a forbidden word. So your word. kids at Stanford are free to say hip hip hooray again. Is that what you're yes. saying? That's the <laughs> they can say, I just feel like we haven't talked about hooray. this yet, but the fact that they released it as a PDF was a dark move. It's like at least just leave it on a website so okay. you can't download it and you're you're stuck with screenshots or something. The PDF and it's such an old timey format. I just feel like the whole thing. I've been wondering if NYU has sent around anything. We do get guidance around how to be more inclusive and things like that, but mm. I don't think we've ever gotten a list of words. Mm. But I might go look. They probably tell you not posted. to go on podcasts like this, but 
Yeah. Well, the uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and finish that story for two reasons. Uh, I think we've, we've, we we could do this for another hour, but we really yeah. should move on. Uh, yeah. We're going to move on to the topic of George Santos. We, and we uh, fantastically, Turner. Turner Sparks joins us at this exact moment as we transition to a different story. Hello, Turner. How are you? Look at that. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm here for story two. I don't need to. I, you don't need my opinion on Stanford. I think you all know what it is. So. <laughs> You're in favor of all the words they want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that I was telling my dad about this story a couple weeks ago. I grew up in Northern California and I was telling my dad about it. And he was like, this is ridiculous. He's like, I have a friend on the board at Stanford. I'm going to let him know this is the stupidest idea ever. So I think Gary Sparks is the one who got this. Gary Sparks saved the day. Thanks, Gary. Gary Gary Sparks, I'm with you. Because I I read this and was like, oh, you should defund whatever department uh, came up with this. Just immediately cut everyone's salary that was involved in this. They have too much free time and too much resources. That said, we we will move on. We're going to talk about George Santos. Turner, can I kick this to you? Uh, For anybody somehow unfamiliar with George Santos, can you let them know who this fellow is? (laughs) Well, he is proudly representing the third district of New York in Congress. And he was legitimately elected. Um, The voters spoke. The voters. (laughs) This is America still. The voters get to decide what they want. No, George Santos. Sorry, I was just quoting Kevin McCarthy there. Uh, (laughs) uh, Uh, the, The illustrious speaker of the house. The Speaker of the House Barely. who desperately needs George Santos's vote. So he's the yep. only one still supporting him. But yeah, I'll explain. George Santos, if you do not know, is a, uh, I believe, Brazilian-born man who lives, <laughs> maybe. or maybe, uh, maybe, heritage is Brazilian, and he lives in New York, uh, in Queens, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. or, in Long Island, and he, yeah. He represents Long a district Island, in New County. York in Congress. He's been lying. Did you guys lose me? Uh, no, no, no we I, have can, I can hear you. I think Ka- Kaplan's a little bit intermittent, but I can hear you. Oh, sorry. Okay. Should I take that line again for editing purposes? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. And I'll make it okay. up. No, but he's uh, he was just elected to Congress representing the 3rd District of New York, and um, he's a liar. He's lied about his college degree. We, it's come out all after the election that he has lied about where he went to college. I, I believe where he went to high school. He said he played on the volleyball team in college. Uh, He also, I think, and a million other things. He stole a scarf from his roommate that he wore when he spoke at the Stop the Steal rally for Trump in 2020, (laughs) which is, I think, my favorite one. He was wearing a stolen scarf at a Stop the Steal rally. Yeah, he stole a Burberry scarf. And um, he also, I, I jokingly said to you all off air that I'm surprised his name, his name is George Santos. I'm surprised he doesn't go by Jorge Santos or something mm. to play up the mm. Latin, to get the Latino vote. If you're lying about everything else, it turns out his name, we now found out, is not, two years ago, he went by, or 2019, he went by a completely different name. I was really? trying to look it up, but I didn't what have name? time. But mm. someone can Google it quickly. He's on record um, speaking at public events with a completely different name. And his roommate was just on CNN last night saying that I've never known him as George Santos. I've always known him by this other name. Have you, I don't know if you I'm guys looking uh, for okay, it. Wait, wait, so so um, I just, this, this is just the headline I'm looking at. He has called himself Anthony DeVolder and yep. George DeVolder. And then George Anthony DeVolder Santos. Some of some of the other greatest hits in this man's yeah. brief but meteoric career. Um, he spoke at a national Holocaust summit as the mm. descendant of a Holocaust survivor. Holocaust survivor. Not Jewish. Who didn't exist. Yeah. 
yeah, not Jewish. And then when confronted on it, he was like, well, I have, there's someone back in my family, if you go back far enough, who's Jewish. So I'm Jewish. Right. Oh, uh, he, also, I, he also said, said his mom black. died in 9-11, which is yeah. was and then not later, true at all. She died that years That she died later. like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, he said he was black. He he got <laughs> elected as a gay man. He is he is married. He's married to to a man, and he's an Instagram and stuff. However, he was also married to a woman just before he ran for Congress. <laughs> so, yes. so uh, it's that that does happen. You know, where where some somebody realizes their sexuality mm-hmm. or is or is uh, not okay with it, but it also fits this pattern of him being something of a fabulist. Didn't a he fabulous also, is a great term. Fabulous is a great. He he. He claimed a lot of things related to Goldman Sachs and that he drove like a, a decent percentage of how much money yes. they made. And eventually, like $100 million Sachs, while working yeah. at Goldman no, Sachs. And million Goldman dollars, Sachs he came said. out and was like, mil- yeah. he never worked here. Like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> yes, th- that that one, because I, 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 he, he had worked for a company that had done contract work for Goldman Sachs. As like a phone rep or something, like it well, was very, very attenuated connection, and he claimed so he was I've making. For a company that was a contractor to Goldman Sachs, I was a corporate Ooh. role player. I used to go. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm running for Congress. <laughs> I used to go into Goldman Sachs right here in New York City and a couple of the locations around the world, and I would show up and we'd do this thing where we would act out difficult conversations with your manager, and you had to like demonstrate how to do it well and how to do it poorly. I did it with uh, Turner with like Joe Schaefer and some other people. Uh, it's sort oh, of like improv corporate role play stuff. Uh, anyway, so Joe I would Schaefer never claim... worked at Goldman Sachs as well. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's like, I, I, I spent a lot of time in there. I drank a lot of their coffee. I still would not say that I generated income, uh, revenue for Goldman Sachs. Right. Um, uh, as he did, uh, right. um, he, he claimed that he had employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting. Uh, yes. That was not true. Pretty much, he's like um, Zelig. He's involved in everything that's happened in like world history in the last. Yeah, like a Forrest, Forrest Gump thing. Gump. Like, yeah. Forrest yeah. Gump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a gay, black, Jewish, Holocaust surviving, nine eleven surviving, uh, Pulse nightclub shooting. I mean, he's got it all. He's yeah. yeah. No, so that's just let's suspicious. get to the but the real issue at the heart of this. There's many, right. uh, but one of them I believe is that. So then, as I kind of jokingly said at the beginning. McCarthy is only it just won by a slim majority in Congress. Mm-hmm. He's the Speaker of the House. After 15 the, the, votes, which hasn't happened thing. since 1876 or whatever Amazing. it was. Yeah, the Republican. And so he needs this guy. Is, Santos is a Republican. He needs Santos's vote. If So in any other situation, I think everyone would agree that this guy needs to leave. Uh, Congress. He's done. He he got elected on a lot on a lot of lies, but e- e- even beyond standard politician level lies. Because right. I we, yes. we we almost have just to weird just assume. Details. But like like th- th- this is where I get tripped up a little bit because politicians do lie. Like like you know uh, yeah. Trump was a lie a minute. Biden, who's more in the spotlight at the moment, claimed that he offered his uh, his uncle a, a purple heart on his deathbed and he turned it down, even though Biden wasn't in a position to give a purple heart until right. five years after his uncle died. Uh, like like things like that. Hillary Clinton claimed she was named after Sir Edmund Hillary, who who climbed Mount Everest, but he did it two years after she was born. So there's a lot like politicians do that kind right. of crap all the time. Right. Um I think the difference between George Santos is that he is a serial liar who is utterly like it's not fudging the edges a little bit. It's just across the board level lies all the time. 
And he's, I will say he spoke, his, his district was like 20% Jewish. So when he goes and lies and says he's Jewish and from Holocaust survivors and speaks at the Republican Jewish convention and all this stuff he did, that made, that made a difference in the election probably. You know, yes. That brings in votes. One, so. one would think. That, that yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that this is not something that, that the, uh, the candidate who ran against him was better at vocalizing. Like, yes, like that, that would, was a bad job. <laughs> one would think that because they, they said, like, we knew the guy was a fraud. We told everybody. And it's like you should have listed the specific they things have he the was fraudulent about because they're myriad. Yeah. I, so anyway, the heart of to me, the heart of this issue is it seems like McCarthy's going to support him to stay in office for two years. McCarthy did say I saw him in an interview. He said the voters spoke. Those are his <laughs> constituents. Listen, this is America. He gets his two years, and then if they don't want him in two years, then they can get him out. But all McCarthy's trying – that's all self-preservation. McCarthy mm-hmm. doesn't care about yeah. America. He just right. cares about <laughs> preserving himself. So uh, – he, he is the, a slinky with a good hairdo. Issue, that is my assessment of McCarthy. Yeah, a slinky with a hairdo. The heart of this issue is I can guarantee you two years from now, there will be 100 Santoses running. Mm-hmm. If you can get away with this and win, congratulations. This is the future of American politics. This is what everyone's going to be doing. So I, I've got I've got a, a a couple of other mechanisms we can mention here. Is the the House does have procedures in place where it can refuse to seat a member. Um, so this is just the the House of Representatives can get together and go. This person is so out with our our morality, even for us political scumbags, <laughs> that we're not going to let them in. It, it's not been done. I think it's been done like once in American yeah. history where like somebody like shot a puppy on the lawn of the White House. I don't remember what it was, but it's very, very, very rare. Theoretically, this could happen. If there had been a massive Republican victory of like three to one, I think you would see that happen. I think that, that Turner's absolutely spot on. If, uh, if McCarthy had not been relying on this vote, he would be throwing him under the bus. I, I'm not entirely sure about this, but I would think that there would be a local mechanism in place where the congressional district itself could do like a, a recall election or, uh, or or if not, there ought to be a, a recall election for this. I don't think he's going to make two years uh, for this reason, not because Congress is going to decide to have any measure of quality control. I have no <laughs> faith in Congress to do that at all. The, the reason that I think he's going to get kicked out is I think uh, – I highly suspect he's a criminal. Let me tell you my reasoning on this. Um, the math does not add up with this man at all. When you start reading uh, his disclosures, he'll say like, um, uh, despite the fact he's a Wall Street executive making $600 million for Wall Street, he's only, I, I George Santos, only earned $55,000 last year. And I'm, I am living on my, uh, my uh, sister's futon. Um, he, by the way, he had a lien against him because he just didn't pay rent for a year. He told them he forgot. Uh, he didn't happen. pay rent because he you know, forgot. He, the happen. money was tight and his mom was d- dying from cancer. I'm sure she was dying from cancer, by the way. And and he he forgot. Which, for I don't really want anybody in Congress that forgets to pay rent. Um, but the, <laughs> the, 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 the criminal element that I see is this. Um, if you if your campaign um, lists expenses less than two hundred dollars, you don't have to itemize them and include receipts. So if you if you if 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 your campaign goes to uh, Home Depot and buys three hundred dollars worth of supplies to build, uh, I don't know posters and things, you've got to mention all those things. You've got to turn that in. Less than two hundred, you don't have to do it. So, so, so many of his campaign expenses are one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Mm. 
Um, for example, I, I checked this out last night because you, it's publicly disclosed information. You can go into this disclosure and then just put in everything that's $199. There's 40 pages of statements of $199. Um, it, it also begs the question of where the hell is this man getting all the money? If he's too poor to pay rent and he's living on his sister's couch and he's, he's, he's he does, all of a sudden he has this giant infusion of cash to run a successful Republican campaign against this guy. I, I'm looking at the, I, it smells to me like some money laundering happened here uh, and a lot. And I think well, it's only a, a matter artist, of time so yeah. before. <laughs> yes, he's a con artist. So I, I don't think he's going to survive two years. Did you see what committees he got? Oh, God. Uh, I, I just want to say I did just look it up. He cannot be recalled in the United States of America. Oh, he can't? Apparently, that's a nationwide law. Okay. Which okay, is great. Good. Thank you. So, so, so <laughs> I, 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 well, which I, I kind of get because congressional terms are only two, two years, right? So, in effect, we all get a recall election every two years. I, I kind of get that. Uh, but he could be removed through criminal proceedings, which I think is very, very, very likely to happen. I that do not think he goes to jail, he gets recalled, right? Uh, I mean, he, by natural. <laughs> did you, uh, do you I, see which uh, well, committees he's on, think by the way? You, no, what 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 is he what is he running on? Okay, he or, sorry, George Santos has he been on? he's on two sitting on two committees in the House, the House Small Business Committee and the House Science, Space, mm. and Technology Committee. <laughs> so mm. so he's in charge of well, small businesses. Well, he is an astronaut. So that artist. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Kaplan, so, and he's not only in charge of small businesses; he's in charge of the PPP loan. Yes, um, that's the key kind of the program. Massive nationwide fraud scandal. Which oh, right. Is, when the, you know, when the pandemic happened, small businesses could apply for these loans to help them get through. I remember the Los Angeles Lakers famously got $43 million. Yeah, um, it. This is supposed to be for small businesses. The idea was like right. mom and pop shops, you know. I remember. I'm sure someone uh, at, the, at the Lakers Shake is a mother and a father. Got, Shake Shack got, I don't know exactly how much, like $100 million or something. And and anyway, now they're trying. the government's trying to go back and get get this money back from these bigger businesses who are people who are, and well, now who, he's who would be better on the, on the board trying to go get the money. So the biggest, it's like in catch me if you can, when you got the guy, the great con artist, Leonardo DiCaprio to work for the feds, he's, he knows when he sees a, a shady check, he's a master. So this is so great, George Santos is the, is the Frank Abagnale of Congress. Yeah, ideally. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, assuming that he's not just simply bought off by all of these interests, that would be. I think that's the best case scenario for the American taxpayer. Is if George by the way, Santos? Can I put? I just want to. I if I if there's a way to gamble on this now, that actually sounds like a winning political campaign in the United States of America for him. <laughs> in two years, he will say, "Yes, I did all these things. I'm the biggest con artist. Who better to catch a con artist than a con artist? Boom, he'll win." I guarantee you. I love it's this. President like, suit of that. George Santos, a, tr- a criminal you can trust. I yes. get that phrase there. <laughs> yes. Vote George. George, he's a criminal, but he's our criminal. It's some like Better Call Saul logic. Just about it's it's a, like an even bigger version or more identity consuming version of Trump's. You know, yeah, I didn't pay taxes because I'm smart, sort of thing. But it's like his whole identity. He was doing it. No, it's it's amazing. I've been trying to think about this whole thing in the context of uh, how we catch students cheating. At, at, in my class. And this is where it gets tricky, where I say to my students, you know, I have a lot of things in place to catch cheating. I don't catch it all. If you can do something where you can outsmart me and cheat on the exams and the assignments and do great and I don't catch you, good for you. I'm cap. impressed. 
right? And and Santos getting as far as he did and getting elected kind of feels to me like he got through the semester and and I didn't catch him cheating. He got an A in the class and it's like, okay, there, that's, that's it. Kevin, you and but Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> that, well, and this is something that I have never come across in my class is that, you know, maybe that summer it comes out that, that there was some cheating going on. I don't think, I've never had this happen. I don't think I could go back and say, actually you fail. I think all I can do is put in place new mechanisms to catch that new kind of cheating. Because if the grade is registered, it gets over. I think. I don't know for sure. And that feels like kind of what Turner said at the beginning where, you know, I hope, Heaton, you're right that he goes to to, to jail and, and that's sort of the way that we correct on him or he becomes the nation's leading con artist and saves us all from ourselves. But I think Turner's right that unless we do something, there's going to be a hundred more of these people next time, because until I do something to catch my students who are cheating, who I know are cheating, they're just going to keep doing it unless I enact something. So I think we have yep. to do. Is there a law in Congress that says you can't lie? There can't be. Or there wouldn't be anyone in Congress. That would. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah. That like would we literally have like three <laughs> members of Congress at that yeah. point. Yeah. I think That's I like having the a law on a swim oh team that you can't swim. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> It just, I, I, unless you're transgender, like, but okay. There's only one Trump. There's only one. This guy's a unique. He's a unique con artist. I don't think you can duplicate exactly what he did because this is like no, so no. many lies. I mean, this is like Kaplan. I, I, I disagree. We we all know someone like this. Every American person has come across a person at some point in their life who I, my mom, she's like, George Santos. That reminds me of a guy I used to work with. Yeah. Literally everyone knows someone like this. And I, now I do all too. those people are going to be. <laughs> Empowered. Should we all yeah. should we all go say say the names of the people we know in our own lives who are doing Turn this? Out. <laughs> That's for Patreon listeners. <laughs> I know me. I, yeah. I mean, I used uh, to lie to girls about all sorts of things, but this is pre-internet. Like they couldn't just look it up. I'd say I wrote I'm an Academy Award winning screenwriter, but that was before Google. I didn't know you could still lie and get away with it. Well, <laughs> and it doesn't count if you're at a bar, Kaplan. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I think what we should do with George Santos is put him in charge of um, talking to any country we owe money to. So uh, like whenever the national debt comes up, I think like America owns like 90 percent of the national debt. Right. But like the, the remaining 10 percent, China's the biggest player. George Santos should be the guy that tells them the check is in the mail. He should yeah. be the guy that like like we send to Beijing and he's like, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I get why you think that. No, no, no. We used uh, uh, we transfer. Uh, there's there's just some technical issues going on. Actually, weed transfer is going to have lower transmission rates. So you're going to get more money, uh, but it's going to come after I fly back to America. The best part about that lie is I hope he does it. And I think we transfer is for sharing files. Uh, and so it's like, there's literally <laughs> no <money>. way. <laughs> he won't say that, though. P- yeah, PDFs yeah. of checks. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. have. I like this. Should we all go around and say what would be the best use of George Santos in the U.S. Yeah, government? let's do it. Yeah, I, I've already gone. So, yeah, Turner, yeah. please go ahead. I think it would be. Well, we know he, we haven't brought this up yet, but he's wanted in Brazil. Right. What? Um, for, for for stealing a checkbook and writing hot checks. Yeah. No. So he's the guy from Cash If You Can. <laughs> yeah. And so he was he was wanted a deck. They were looking for him a decade ago. But a decade ago, they couldn't find him, so they closed the case. They literally closed the case in Brazil. And then a month ago, when he, or two months ago, whenever he got elected and he popped back up into national like spotlight, international spotlight, Brazil went, oh, that's the guy we were looking yeah. for a decade ago. They reopened <laughs> the cold case. And Hot now they damn, want that guy ran for Congress? That's our guy. Look, that's Jerry, guy. look, that's that guy. <laughs> it would be like if, yeah, so then, so so. Um, my plan, what I think is, you know how we did the prisoner swap with uh, Brittany Grinder, or whatever? 
We do this uh-huh. with them. We give them Santos, but they give us their best soccer player. <laughs> oh, they didn't say they give us Bolsonaro. Because we need to start winning some World Cups. Oh, my God. Yeah. Boat Turner get, Sparks 2024. We get Neymar. <laughs> we'll be right back. There'll be a huge ride right, in Brazil if we make that trade. Is, is I think he should be a role model for young people in that he has a kind of ego and self-confidence that has gotten him incredibly far in life. And to have the kind of like, I've had made up names. I'm wanted for a crime in Brazil. I'm going to make up my whole resume. The internet exists and I'm going to run for Congress and win. That kind of attitude could really turn some lives around among smart, thoughtful, maybe more shy or less confident young people around the world. I'm constantly telling my non-cheating good students, at least I don't think they're cheating, that they should believe in themselves and they have more skills than they realize. And if they're applying for a job that says three years of Python and they only have one year of Python, they can figure it out. And I literally tell them to lie. Santos should go around to high schools, especially where people are feeling rather, you know, downtrodden and, and, and not excited about their futures and say, look, you can say whatever. And if they take 1% of that, I think we'll have some really great talent rise to the top. That's great. Okay, so, so we, we he gets tur- a whistle too. Turner's uh, uh, prisoner swap for yeah. a soccer player. Yeah, uh, and Andrea wants a motivational speaker in lower performing schools <laughs> for troubled youths. Uh, this is these are both great. These, these are both great. Kaplan, what do you got? Well, my original one was the idea of just you know he could catch the guy he he could catch the con artist because yeah. that's his thing. But to piggyback on what Andrea said a little bit, I think he can also give. Like the importance of, of having a well-rounded education because you have to know about things to lie about them, right? So you have to, to – to, our Holocaust education has not been good lately. A lot of people don't know anything about the Holocaust. He took the time to learn enough about it that he could lie about it. <laughs> so that can be very motivating. If we need for the final get ways – because it's happened a long time ago now to get kids to be more interested in the Holocaust so they can say, oh, I could use this one day. I could use this for a job. I could use this to sympathy. I could use this to fit in in a, in a – in a 20% Jewish district. So uh, that's the, that maybe he can be the guy who introduces Schindler's list when they, ha- when they re-release it or something like he can just, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Kaplan, so. you're saying that in the end, he actually is a good Jew. Yeah. In the end, he's, he's like- a better Jew than a lot of Jews. I know at this point, <laughs> <laughs> he's a pro Israel. You know, there was a tip off when we should have known he wasn't Jewish when he was giving a speech and, and Netanyahu, BB Netanyahu had just been reelected. And in the speech, he said, I'm so happy that, uh, David Netanyahu is back in power, and like every Jew, really, nobody caught it until later. They played the clip. Like he's one of the more well-known world leaders, especially if you're Jewish. <laughs> and he just called, "Hey, my guy, David." Yeah, <laughs> David Netanyahu. That if somebody said David, David. Net- Netanyahu, I'd be like, "Is that like the younger brother that runs a beer company <laughs> and, and, and uh, Haifa? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, or maybe like his nephew or something, David Netanyahu?" Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I, yeah. I think we've we've certainly come up. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and pull out of this one and give it to Turner. I, I would love to get a, a good soccer player and send him to Brazil. I think that's a really yes. good one. However, we need it. That'd be great. However, for, a I, for us, yeah. I endorse either of your plans. If for some reason we're not able to get an extradition treaty going with Brazil, uh, I think we've covered not only George Santos but literally all relevant news in the United States over the last three months. <laughs> so I, I think we can wrap up now. Does that sound good, Recap. gang? I think yeah. This is fun. I think we've done it. Uh, wonderful. Well, be, be, before we do that, uh, why doesn't everybody go around and mention uh, their show and anything they've got coming up? Uh, Andrea, you want to kick that off? Yeah. So my show is majoring in everything. We are making our way through the second season. And uh, I have an episode with Chris Duffy out, 
who is a comedian and host of a TED podcast and a former science teacher. And it's all about people who do multiple interesting, unrelated things. And coming up next, we have an episode from one of the first ever YouTubers who was like famous on YouTube in 2006 uh, and talk about how she makes a living doing that. Hmm. Nice. And uh, Turner Kaplan. Yes. So uh, our show is Lost in America. This week we are talking about the storming of the Capitol in Brazil with Brazilian yes. comedian Victor Cameja. Uh, and uh, we are excited about that. But most importantly, I don't know. Did Cap mention our show earlier? I mentioned the yes. show in the These beginning, but, you know. OK, great. Good, Last good thing, Patreon yes, plug. But m- m- mention it again because people will have forgotten by now, given the brilliance of our rhetoric. Right now, everybody, right when this episode ends, go to patreon.com slash lost in America for five dollars a month. You get Kaplan and I, an extra podcast cap and I do. But right now you also get our uh, the you get to watch our pilot episode of the TV show we created that we're pitching soon to um, networks and comedy festival. I mean, sorry, film festivals and all kinds of stuff. So. Uh, that we will be airing. We'll be doing a live watch party February 16th and another one March 2nd with me, with Kaplan, and with some of the people you watched on the show from El Salvador, the director, that kind of stuff. And then we'll do a talk afterwards. So patreon.com slash lost in America. Get involved. And I am Andrew Heaton, the host of The Political Orphanage, but I will direct listeners to another podcast that I have brought back. I also host a sci-fi podcast called Alienating the Audience. It was on hiatus for a few months. It has now come back and and roaring. The first kickoff episode of this season is me and Brian Brushwood and a puppeteer formerly from Jen Henson Studios that now works for Michelle Obama, breathlessly discussing how much we enjoy uh, Andor and me yes. breathlessly Ooh, explaining why it's such a great example of public choice theory. Now, I realize... Not everybody was a virgin as long as I was, but for people that really enjoy policy and Star Wars, you'll enjoy that episode. And I believe this week, the episode is me talking to my dear friend and former producer, Josh Jennings, about when science fiction implodes because it becomes too preachy. So if you've ever watched a film and thought, God, I just wish they'd make good characters a good plot, we really investigate that. And that is alienating the audience. Well, I got to check that out. I love Andor. Jennings is great. Thank you. Love that. Jennings is great. He's a good guy. Good fella. All right. Uh, everybody, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>